Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oklahomies Reviewing The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 3, The Heiress. The Heiress. Uh, I'm Brandon, across the way. This is Nick. Alright, so first things first, um, definitely better than Episode 2, or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, Chapter 10. Uh, so much better. And, and like The Passenger. The only thing that the passenger actually led to this episode was somewhere to babysit. <laughs> like, that's literally all it accomplished. Well, you had to tie in the frog lady to establish rapport. Mm-hmm. You know, again, with something that's new to Mando. Yeah. He's making friends quicker now. He's mm-hmm. trusting more people faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just met Daddy Frog. Right. And was like, hey, I know my dude's been eating your offspring, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and leave him with you because you seem like chill um, right. amphibians. Yeah, yeah. So, let's jump then into the actual episode. So, uh, they're going to land at port. First and off, they're going all asleep. In. Yeah, right. And at then, the same time, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, which never would happen. There'd be a watch or something, right? <laughs> right. Um, but they they get to the planet, and um, he's trying to descend, and they're like, slow down, slow down. And he just cranks the engines last seconds. Oh, yeah, spoiler If you haven't listened, go listen or go watch. Uh, if you haven't watched, I don't know how yeah, this works. not our fault. Words. Um, and then, like, he's hovering, he's hovering, he's hovering, engine into the water. Oh, bro. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's like he sticks like, the fantastic. landing. Yeah. And then he misses. It's yeah. like he trips as he walks off the platform. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, just like, he could have just cut engines and landed on that platform. Like, he would have been fine. Yeah. What else could go wrong with that ship? Right, exactly. I mean, it was just like one of those, <laughs> gotcha. Right. But yeah. no, I laughed out loud whenever it hit the water. I yeah, was like, so did I. I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> well done. Um, and then they got a. I love how they bring the walker out mm-hmm. where they've re. Refit it. Yeah, they uh, mm-hmm. almost a rehabilitation thing where they repurpose it just like they did the. Or uh, Kroll did the mm-hmm. AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And so uh, seeing it just be a worker. Yeah, I thought After was really fact, interesting. Pretty slick. Yeah, yeah. I saw the, that. Yeah, the fact that it dropped the thing and didn't like <laughs> gently say it was like, "Oh, this is a piece of shit." Right? Like, how much worse <laughs> could this thing be? Like, you can't fuck it up more than we already did. Yeah, and so they all come out pretty calm. You know, none uh-huh. of them thought they were going to drown, which I thought was interesting. And then, uh, well, I mean, they just came from space on that same concept, so the <laughs> right. the, the bay is locked down. So yeah, you're not wrong there. And then. uh uh, first thing they do whenever they come off, he tosses some coin at the mm-hmm. mechanic. A thousand credits, yeah. yeah. He says, hey, can you fix it? He yeah. goes, nope. Yeah, basically. But I can make it fly. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then he's like, you know, what made me laugh, he was like, so fill her up, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> so I'll fill her up if she uh, still holds fuel. Yeah, like he's like, son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah could you imagine cow? being somebody to actually have to deal with that? Oh, like, my gosh. I'd be like, so pissed. <laughs> well, I mean, you're just watching it come into your dock, and you're like, it's definitely a Monday. Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Monday in Spaceport. Heard that. Oh, my gosh. Um, so we're on planet tra- Thrash? Thrash, I think, yeah. Something yeah, like that. Which is, uh, according to one of the characters who will be revealed later on, mm-hmm. it's uh, a black market site. Right, for, a hub, basically. Yeah. yeah, for different kinds of trades and stuff like that. So you got some seedy characters. Uh, the two main mm-hmm. 
staples as far as uh, humanoids go are the mon cows, which are like the fish type creatures. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember what the other ones are called that look like lobsters. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the, what they're called off the top, but they got the the Davy Jones. Davy Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah. Squid. Squid. Squid, jaws. squid face going on. Yeah. Squid Billy. Uh, I think they call them Curin. Sounds about right. But one of them's like named Kieran, and then they're all his brothers or something. I yeah, don't know. right. You killed my brother. Yeah, it's crazy. It, well, it, it was very. Uh, who's the lobster guy off of Futurama? Yes, yes. Uh, the doctor, Doctor Frankenzoid, or whatever yeah, his name yeah. is. But yeah, Zoidberg. Zoidberg. It's one of those uh, mm-hmm. kind of concepts where they're all kind of the same thing. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Kind of like a hive mentality, maybe. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. Um, kind of like. Uh, in D and D, you've got uh, you know whatever they're called that uh, all have a shared communal mind. But right, the uh, the thing that was interesting there is like he knew it was a black you know market planet and all of this, and then like he didn't see the shadiness of like yeah, I'll take you to sea to find the Mandalorian. Like what? Well. I think that goes along with him learning to trust again. Yeah. He's not as skeptical and he's not always on guard. Yeah. And so, but he did feel like there was something amiss, I think, when it was like, oh, that's close enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that, you know, so what happens is he uh, he gets the next tip for where the Mandalorians are. He heads out to sea with well, his on, sea captain. Are, are we skipping the oatmeal? Oh, right. With the baby where it gets on his face. Or the <laughs> fact that he now speaks frog. Mm, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, he talked to the frog dude. Frog mm-hmm. dudes, or frog man. Yeah, excuse yeah. me, not to be confused with frog man, mm-hmm. your new superhero who ribbits and hops across the local pond. Right. Uh, but frog, who is man. <laughs> right. And Mando have a bit of a conversation whenever they land, and mm-hmm. he tells him that he's over in the inn. Now, he right, doesn't right. call it a cantina. He doesn't call it anything. He yeah. calls it an inn. Right. So... Not real sure what the significance is there, but uh, so Mando and the child go into the inn. Mm-hmm. They get him a seat, and this mon cow comes up to take their order. He orders a bowl of chowder for the child and nothing for him, and he goes, "Well, these seats are yeah like, few or hard to come by. Everybody's yeah, yeah. got to eat." Right, right. And he's like, "No, I'll I'll still buy information." Yeah, and yeah. so he slides him some coins, I guess, that he got from like the first go round. Whenever he probably it, well, whenever I was doing some research, it was from the bounty. Mm. On the first, on the yeah, yeah, because the credits were different looking. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So it was the. Uh, uh, bounty that he got for the first character mm-hmm. that he went and the froze. Fish guy. Yeah, the fish dude. Yeah, yeah. So that was where that all kind of tied back in, makes which I sense. thought was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I and, didn't even catch that, but that yeah. does make sense, yeah. And then uh, Baby Yoda's getting ready to eat his porridge, mm-hmm. and this thing jumps out and just like face suckers. Yeah. His, you know, yeah. Just, it was alien all over again. And he's like, and so quit playing with your food. <laughs> he's freaking out. And Mando just pulls out a blade and he's like, quit playing with your food and stabs the thing, but uh-huh. nowhere near it. Yes. So right. you knew it was green screen because the blade didn't even get close to the thing, mm-hmm. but it fell off yeah, like, like he no. hit it. Yeah. It was yeah. the only bad part of the whole thing as far as like mm-hmm. photography, videography, all that. Right. Yeah. CGI. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, he whiffed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Stormtrooper. <laughs> 
So the uh, yeah, so he gets and he get. So is it on the end guy that actually gave him the bad info to go ahead and get him taken advantage of? Because I was thinking about that. Because um, the other guy, he's like, yeah, I can do this. But then it was the uh, innkeeper, the shopkeeper, that pointed him to the pirates, basically. Um, right. So do you think the 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 shopkeeper or the innkeep uh, is the guy that actually uh, was was engineering that? I don't believe so. Uh, the reason why I say they acted alone is because the Mon Cow never come back to get revenge. It's just more of the Curin. Mm, okay. It's just more of his type. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, is they don't really have a love love relationship between mm. those species, anyways. Okay. And so I don't think it was intentional on the innkeeper's part. I think he was trying to just give good information. Mm-hmm. But the way they describe. So Mando's basically driving around in a hoopty wearing a gold-plated Gucci suit. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, he's got that uh, Vescar armor. And so whenever they see that, and I would say that they weren't even educated enough, even though they were on the black market, Mm -hmm. to know that there was a bounty out on the child because they never would have thrown the child Mm, to the Mama Corps, Mm -hmm. which happens later on the boat. But they never would have done that had they known the value of it. So right, because he's way more valuable. They than were that just armor doing is. it for the money. Yeah, they don't understand that that was a partial payment. Yeah, for the child, like what the empire will pay for this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why I think it was kind of off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're gonna take this guy by ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna use his pet as bait. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of where the story drove from. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it's definitely that was an interesting little uh, thing. So I was wondering about it. I was like, man, that shot, that innkeep really just fucked Mando over for no reason. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty ballsy. I know, right? Uh, like that is a dick move. Because <laughs> um, I was one, like you know, because we didn't get a huge amount of after you know thought at the end of this episode. Um, I was wondering, like, is Mando going to come back and be like, brah, really? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know. Um, right. And so moving on though, so that he gets well, on the ship with those guys before they go into the end too. I forgot. Did you spot the the guy Artie, hot chick mm-hmm. that was eyeballing him? Mm-hmm. So I saw her and I was like, man, she knows something, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what. And then they get out on the ship mm-hmm. and the guy's kind of talking about, you ever seen a mama Corey? Mm-hmm. He's like, no. And he goes, well, maybe the child will take interest. And then the kid's like, yeah, I, I like eating. I yeah, want to see right. things eat. Throw me in. Oh, wait. <laughs> So go ahead and tell them what happens. Oh, yeah. No. So what was interesting, um, like you were saying, is the girl that was watching, that's how the Mandalorians that actually end up showing up um, knew he was there. Right. Uh, So what happens, um, you know, for anybody who hasn't actually uh, um, seen the the animated series for the Clone Wars, um, some actual canon characters end up showing up. So... Um, you know, these, these guys throw the kid into the water and then Mando tries to go get him and it becomes a whole little scene. And he's trapped under and, some bars. Yeah, and it's basically like the end of Mando. And then out of nowhere come three um, Mandalorians with um, a whole different get up. Like they're actually, they have basically like tribal outfit kind of setups on their actual uh, colors. They actually have uh, very much, um, you know, squad based coloring. They They all look the same. Um, and you can tell, like, okay, this is like a squad kind of idea. Um, and they just murk everybody on the ship, uh, get Mando out and all of that. And then one of the guys goes in and saves the baby from the big creepy monster thing, which to me was actually really funny, though, because, like, Mando, you know, is such a badass, but I guess he doesn't swim well. Um, I don't know. Like, right. You know, because the other guy's like, yeah, no, I got this. Like, no question. Came back out, baby's out, we're good. Um, and I was like, 
He's probably just not familiar. I mean, being from Navarro, yeah, he's probably he been around it more. He yeah. doesn't see a lot of water. Yeah, you yeah. know, so mm-hmm. he, he he's comfortable in deserts. Mm-hmm. He's less comfortable, like I mean, you saw in the one planet where uh, they had the fish, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. like shrimping or krill, yeah, yeah. Uh, type atmosphere. Um, he was able to use the water, but he didn't move very well. In right, it right. So yeah. he's kind of out of his element. Yeah. I think. So those guys, they they come out, and then uh, the first thing that happens, and this was one of those interesting things, uh, is they take off their helmets, and Mando flips shit on it, and he's like, "Who are you? Where'd you get that armor? Give me the armor!" Uh, and she's like, "Bitch, please." Kind of. Yeah. Well, and so she responds with, "This has been in my family for three generations." Yeah. And well, it, not only that though, but then. It's also um, she calls him um, not like Moonchild. What is it? Um, it's similar to Moonchild. He says, "Well, first off, so he goes, who are you and where did you get that armor?'" Mm-hmm. And then the guy goes, "Oh, he's one of those." Yeah, right. And so Axe Wolf or yes, whatever Ax- his yeah, name yeah, yeah, is yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, accuses him of being one of those. And uh, Bo Katan go ahead, goes ahead and tells us that he's a child of the Watch. Of the Watch, that's right, child of the Watch. So that was an interesting thing that I did a little bit of research on looking sure. at that. Um, and like you know, I remember back whenever last season uh, we were started watching it. Wendell had sent me that whole like big thing, um, and the Watch actually is actually basically a. Uh, um, Kind of a culty version of Mandalores, um, very much, so. and that's what Bo goes yeah. in to say is that they're a group of religious zealots that yes. left Mandalore before the ages war actually ago. took. Yeah, yeah. Ages so ago. what was interesting about that to me is like he doesn't know that he was in that kind of field. He has no idea. Yeah, but he doesn't know there's a bigger Mandalorian. He thinks set. they're all. He thinks all Mandalorian uh, like are like him. Is. Yeah, you know, and, and they've and, all been taught the same thing. He doesn't realize that he's brainwashed mm-hmm. part of a cult. Right, exactly. Well, and what's really interesting, too, is if you go back to the historian slash armorist, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, did you notice anything different about her helmet? Uh, the style of it was more like uh, Bo-Katan's, yeah. Well, but it also had horns. Yes, yeah. And that's reminiscent of the Maul DeLoreans. Mm-hmm. Right, right, whenever Darth Maul was actually in so charge she, of the DeLoreans. she yeah. probably served under him. Ooh, interesting. So there's ties to that also. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff that happened, especially canon-wise. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, in the first battle with other Mandalorians, you get Bo-Katan, who is the rightful heiress, mm-hmm. which is where they're getting the title. Mm-hmm. She's the heir to the chair in Mandalore. Right. And uh, so it goes on uh, where she's trying to get Mando to kind of see outside of his understanding. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was interesting is after she gave him his reason, her reasoning, mm-hmm. he completely backed off. And then she goes, this is the way. <laughs> well, that's later yeah, on. Yeah, I, I was like... That's later on. Well, I saw she that, I was like, it in his face. Yeah. I know, I know. I was like, ooh, yeah, it's pretty savage. Him. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's ooh. pretty savage. And uh, <laughs> what I thought was interesting is that normally whenever someone goes gives him that kind of back and forth, mm-hmm. he can usually take them in the fight. Right. I'm not so sure about this one. 100%. You know, 100%. so, I mean, she got a little bit of experience on you there, Mando. Yeah. And you know what was standing out, though? She's fought Jedi. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so that's what I was going to say What's standing out, though, is, like, 
there was that piece whenever he said like i'm trying to find the jedi and she immediately recognized it knew what it was and does not really like them because there was an entire war fought with them sure and she Um, understands too though what he doesn't know as well though so like she has that like i'm not gonna ruin his day kind of thing about you know we had this entire giant war with with uh you know jedi right um so there there were so many layers in that little short conversation whenever you know all that right well and uh even the armorist at one point mm-hmm. lets him know that in their past they had fought against the wizards of the jedi yeah which the wizard thing was interesting <coughs> yeah i remember that Um, I think that goes back to the religious aspects and the zealots, mm -hmm. you know, the witches versus the Mm -hmm. Christian, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. I mean, you're It's it's biblical canon. Um, So let's get to um, where she finally agrees is like, you have to help me. Quid pro quo. So that was the first uh, water vessel, mm-hmm. though, that we had been on because everything mm-hmm. else was flight. Right, right. So I thought that was kind of interesting that we actually got some sailing in. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up blowing up the ship, coming back to port. Uh, the crew. Well, they don't agree to everything on there. Yeah. So no, 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 like, the, so Mando flies them. Yeah. He's Mando like, flies away dish. with the yeah. child. Uh-huh. And he says, "I'm out of here." Yeah. Not doing this. Yeah. And he lands back at the port immediately. Immediately gets surrounded by ten more of the crew, family, whatever you right. want to call them, yeah, the yeah. and it looks like it's about to go down. And then here come his three new brothers at arms. Mm-hmm. They come back in. They say, or he's like, "You killed my brother." And then Bo Katan goes, "I killed your actually, brother. I killed your brother." Mm-hmm. And then waste them all. Yeah, and Mercs. so. And then she says, can we buy you a drink? And yeah. we're like, yes, say yes. And he's yes. like, well, I don't have another option. So, yeah. Yeah, right. So then they go in, sit down. She shares a little bit of information mm-hmm. with him about who she is, what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. He talks about how nobody goes back to Mandalore because it's uninhabitable. Which is not true. And she says, don't believe everything that you hear. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's starting to break down his misconception of who and what he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. And so this is a really interesting episode, not just because of who's in it, but because of what it's doing to our character. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, um, realizing the unknown right um that old saying is that the more i learn the less i know yep um that's kind of that that same approach right now it's happening to to him um so i really like that um and then you know the next step is basically that quid pro quo yeah Um, she she says hey we need to commandeer this vehicle because it's got weapons mm -hmm. and it needs to help our side so that we can retake the town Mm -hmm. or the planet and he's like, well, that's not really... Yeah, not my know, battle. Not, but, not my battle, but mm-hmm. if that's going to give me the information I need, so let's go ahead and do that. So yeah. then he enlists Mama and Papa Frog mm-hmm. and says, hey, watch the kid. Tells the kid to be on his best behavior. <laughs> yeah, and don't, don't eat the eggs. Yeah, don't eat the eggs. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he said. He goes, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll sidetrack on that one real quick. Um, so I guess there was actually a lot of negative feedback from people um, about Baby Yoda eating the eggs. Um, you know, I guess that, uh, like this episode didn't have anything to do with it. Um, you know, but they were like, you know, saying, Hey, it's okay for this you know child to try to eradicate a species. And like, people were pissed about it. I guess I thought it was hilarious. I was like, how can you be upset at this? This is not even a real thing. It's a fake creature. Yeah. Eating fake creature eggs. 
Get like, over yourself. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, this is not... Re- you eat eggs. Even vegans eat eggs. Yeah. Go away. Like, what? Yeah. Couldn't believe it. It made me laugh so hard. Do you swallow? <laughs> you eat eggs. Um, <laughs> You're eating uncooked children. So, uh, anyway, so moving on from Baby Yoda uh, trying to, oh trying to snackle. Um, snackle. Oh, yeah. that's such a terrible term. Quick trip. You're normally so good. Why are you so bad? Yeah, it's so good. Um, <laughs> so he goes out and he meets up with these guys. They fly out in this giant, um, basically it's a uh, Republic cruiser. Right. Um, and the cruiser is, is basically loaded up with weapons and things. So what was interesting is that they get in there um, and immediately, you know, they start trying to take the ship, everything else. Um, and then, you know, they see all the weaponry everything else um but as soon as you know they find out they're getting boarded what was interesting to me is he kept calling them pirates he wasn't actually calling them mandalorians right um the guy that was the republic uh, head guy he was like yeah we're getting invaded by pirates even though he knew they were mandalorians what are your thoughts on that one because that stood out to me is that it wasn't like oh yeah the mandalorians are coming after us it's the pirates and it's like hmm Something else was kind of brought to my attention, too. Um, their armor was real shiny. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas the ar- the armor of the Stormship Troopers that we have seen before mm-hmm. this... Did I say Stormship Troopers? Yep. Starship is good. Oh, <laughs> Starship God. Troopers. Oh, my God. Worst I'm movie so ever. sorry, Lucasfilms. Um, but the ones on Tatooine or the ones on Navarro... Mm-hmm. Or always dirty oh, and beat up. Fil- they, well, yeah. they they'd seen battle. Yeah, I don't know that this crew has. I agree. I, I think that they are a part. They're they're probably right out of Annapolis, mm-hmm. and they're just moving cargo. Yep. And to them, these people are just pirates. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know the backstory. Well, of it. the big guy knew it though. The guy that was actually leading the the commandant of whatever the ship was. He might have been trying to keep morale on the ship. Maybe. Yeah. Like, not let them know it's Mandalorians. Like, oh, we're all going to die. Yeah, right. But what I think it is, though, what was an interesting thing um, is that it, you know, could be that the world that they were on, um, they may not have known it was actually Mandalorians, you know, because they were like, oh, it should be seven or eight people. And they're like, it's three. And he's like, what? Um, But it it didn't seem like it got identified until she called in um, after he had already said they were boarded by pirates. So do you think it was like him trying to save face with command? Um, Because, like, you know, once she got the little uh, voice thing, she was like, oh, hey, this is Bo-Katan. What's up? You know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, It felt like that uh, he was just trying to save face. Um, But once they started um, getting on, he was trying to jump to to light speed, um, you know, trying to get out of the harbor and all that, where, you know, his boss guy was like, nah, you're going down with the ship, dude. Like, that's how this works. Right. Um, So, you know, it's, I wonder if it was him trying to save face, knowing that if he told him it was Mandalorians on there, that he would have immediately been like, nah, you know, put it in the ground. Right. Yeah, that's probably, he was probably trying to get them to come help him. Well, he did say that. He wanted backup, and they were like, nah. Right. Whenever, but he wasn't identifying who was against him, because if they, I I see where you're going with that, and I think that's probably safe bet. Yeah. I think that's good theory. 
So it was out. interesting for sure. No, it did. Um, uh, love the then, fact that stormtroopers still can't hit anything on the broadside <laughs> of the barn, and when they do, it's Beskar. <laughs> right? Yeah, and like not only that, like they they hit Mando like after you know fifty eight shots or whatever. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting there as well. Um, you know, once he actually got up and they they made it to the actual uh, the main spot. Um, I loved where they were like, we got him trapped in the hangar oh, bay so control room. That, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, we close all the doors. Yeah. Close all the doors. Yeah, close the and doors. they get them all close shut. The doors. Close the doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it went calm to freaking like, out. Yeah. And then they're calling the calm, and he's like, where do you have them trapped? And he goes, in the bay door control room. And he goes, where? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Anybody there? Yeah. So good. Anybody alive? Mm-hmm. What what the calm guy say? I can't even think about it before yeah. Bo. Yeah. Responded, it was so good. But it was yeah. excellent. And then she's like put the tea on. I'm mm-hmm. on my way. Right? Yeah, so that was such a, an interesting little piece there. Um, whenever she does get up there, um, that's the first time that she actually mentions like the dark saber. But she doesn't mention the dark saber by name. But you know, with history of it, no, she does. Well, like not initially though. Um, not right off the bat, but I yeah. mean, she does say dark saber. Yeah, yeah she does. But she's like, uh, does he have it? Um, is basically what she. If you're asking, yeah. you already know. And then his suicide pill, which was very Nazi-ish, of course, yeah. uh, was like a, a shock. Did you see that? It reminded me a little bit more of uh, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so than cyanide, it was like uh, electroshock. And mm-hmm. so, like, it it was like an electric chair. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, that was an interesting little piece I there. thought that was pretty neat. Someone was like, uh, <laughs> so they take a capsule and they put a piece of the Emperor's fingernail in there. <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited power! Palpatine! <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. <laughs> it was pretty fantastic. Um, so, yeah. So, at that point, obviously, we know that she's looking for the dark side. Oh, can we talk about something else real yeah, quick? Yeah, fire away, dude. Uh, he had a tan. Oh, yeah. I did notice I that. don't know that I've ever seen an Imperial officer mm-hmm. with a tan. Well, most of the time, they cast like... Mm-hmm. Brit- Brits and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I thought it was just interesting. And this guy was actually on Deadwood. Not oh, to was be he? confused with Timothy Oliphant, who, who was, was not. Yeah. <laughs> Unjustified. <laughs> Sorry, Josh Duhamel. Yeah, you're welcome. But yeah, so this guy was actually one of the lackeys for uh, Ian McShane, I mm. believe. Okay. But yeah, he's he's a fairly well-known actor. Um, the uh, lady that played Bo-Katan, mm-hmm. uh, she's been around... And then uh, Sasha Banks or Mercedes, whatever her name yeah, yeah. is, uh-huh. the wrestler mm-hmm. playing uh, Costa Reeves or Costa Reeves, whatever something name like is, that. Yeah. The other, the other Mandalorian, yeah, yeah. the one that can swim. Yeah. So then, um, jumping back towards uh, her wanting to get that dark saber. So we talked about it off air about where the timeline really lays. Right. So the best guess is it's just before uh, episode um, eight, uh, seven actually begins, sometime within a five to ten year span, um, but probably somewhere in the neighborhood about thirty years after the ending of uh, episode six. Um, somewhere in that range is the best guess. Um, and what's interesting for anybody that doesn't have the back 
background. Bo-Katan um, is, you know, from an actual child of Mandalore, in which case uh, she's basically royalty. Her sister was the ruler. She wanted to, you know, go to a little bit more to war. Uh, sister wasn't all about it. They were trying to be peaceful, what have you. Um, lots of shit goes down. Eventually, sister dies. Also, a love interest of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Also, the love interest. The sister is not uh, Bo-Katan. Correct. Um, and then what ends up happening um, is that the Darksaber uh, Darth Maul has for a little while, and then Darth Maul gets defeated um, because he got put back together somehow or other with you know animatronics, I guess. I don't know. Um, Disney magic. Um, you know, industrial lights and magic, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so he gets put back together, whatever. He rules for a little while. There's a big battle between him and Bo-Katan. Uh, she wins, tries to not take the throne, um, but then eventually does relent and becomes like the Empress with the the, uh, the Black Saber, um, the Dark Saber. And from there, that was the end of the uh, the cartoon series. Um, somehow or other between there and now, she's lost it over to Moff Gideon. So I wonder if we're going to get to explore that detail of how did Moff Gideon get it from her. That's what I want to know. It's possible. Um, that's definitely uh, an option where we could see like a couple of flashback episodes, mm-hmm. maybe, um, maybe episode six maybe. this season, or maybe like episodes one and two, season three. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they carry this part forward. But mm-hmm. what I what I think is interesting is they're starting to take the animated series canon mm-hmm. and now bringing it into the Mandalorian. Yeah, very so much what so. they're doing is they're very much elevating mm-hmm. the importance of this series. Oh yeah, there's a lot that goes on in there. And so what I think is really interesting, so did you notice who the director was? Uh, it wasn't Favreau this time, I remember that, no, but I remember the name. it was Howard. Ron Howard? No, Howard. his daughter. Oh! Yeah. Interesting, I did yeah. not see that. Yeah, so it was Bryce Dallas Howard and uh it was only like 32 minutes long. It wasn't very long at all. It, it yeah. was very, very short. But yeah. there, there was so much that happened mm-hmm. very, very quickly. And what was interesting is the last or the episode that she directed in the first series or mm-hmm. the first season was the one where we initially meet the other wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or the Olympian, whatever yeah. she is. No, she's a, she was a UFC fighter. UFC yeah, fighter. Yeah, Kara, and whatever. then this one has the wrestler Sasha mm-hmm. Banks and so she's right. working with these very physical actors in some very intense fight scenes right yeah and she, I I think that Favreau and Finoli are doing such a great job of mm-hmm. making sure like I mean watching Bo-Katan fight could you tell the difference between any fighting style of what she was able to do animated versus what she did here? I would have to go side by side, but not really. I mean, it was it, it's like, oh yeah, that's Bo-Katan. It's legit. <laughs> I mean, literally, <laughs> it looks it. like her, bro. Yeah, I know. Like, I, it is yeah. insane. And so to to see that happen, I'm so excited about getting to meet Osaka. Right, which I think is going to be played by um, uh, fuck, what's her face from Clerks Two. Um, I can't remember her name. Uh, whatever it is. Do you remember her name? Um, you had to ask me. Yeah. Uh, what's her face? Anyways, so... She's also from Rent. Yep, yep. So um, she's played in a lot of stuff. We'll get to the name in a minute. I'll Google it. It's fine. Uh, so what's interesting is, like, uh, Bo-Katan says, you know, go find this Jedi, and he, she gives her the location, or gives him the location and all of that. So it's in a um, town on a planet called Corvus. Yeah. 
and uh, she tells him to go see a Sakatano. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting because uh, she's also on um, Hell's Kitchen, uh, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Her name starts with a D. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I'm just. I see your face too. Is a problem. Uh, Rosario Dawson. Dawson. Um, yeah, so what's interesting, though, is like uh, Asaka Tan was actually um, a Padawan to Luke Skywalker. Um, Anakin. Anakin Skywalker. That's right. That's right. Anakin Skywalker. But what's um, interesting is that Bo-Katan has relationship with Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and Asaka. And right. what, what's interesting about Asaka is she's renounced the Jedi way. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because after Anakin did his thing. and So whenever she says, hey, I'm going to send you to a Jedi. She's not sending him to, like, the Jedi. She's, <laughs> it's not even a Jedi. Uh, I mean. It's the Jedi she trusts. I'll say that. Yes. And, and like, it's one of those things, like, um, when do you stop becoming a monk? Right, like, right. You know, if you still have all the pieces and you still have the mindset, you just don't trust in the order. Like, mm, I, I don't it. know. I don't know. No, I get it. But yeah, so what's interesting there is that she's sending him there. Um, so, what do you? Th- I mean, let's assume it's probably two more episodes before he actually makes it there because there's going to be another filler episode, which pisses me off. It um, will be episode five. Yeah, I think so. Probably. You want me to tell you how I know? Uh, how's that? Uh, the director. Uh, who is it this time? Finoli. Oh, nice. Yeah, he ain't going to let nobody else touch that. So getting over to um, <laughs> Asaka whenever he does, um, you know, we, we've we never seen her on, on big screen of anything. Uh, no, it's only than, been animated. Yeah, and even in animated, it's been uh, not hugely impactful on this one. I think this is the, the step-up point, right, for that character, um, which is going to be a really interesting thing. And with being somebody like Rosario Dawson, um, that's big name. I really feel like that's going to be like his new shipmate kind of thing. I think I think she's going to be a recurring character in this. I don't see it being a one-timer thing. Um, you know, like, especially if she's going to take him anywhere, you know, I technically Yoda is gone um, at this point. Um, he's got the Force Ghost thing going on. Um, you know, so who is she going to take him to? Um, the baby Yoda thing, you know, Yoda's gone at this point. Yoda um, did the whole like force ghosting thing at the end yeah. of. Uh, I think. Um, I, I still Jedi, think, I think that she probably ends up taking him to Luke. You think so? You think we're going to see Luke? I I do. Which Luke are we going to see? Are we going to see the Luke? You think we're actually going to get Mark Hummel? Hamill? Yeah. Really? Why would you let anybody else play him? Do you think, though, that Asaka would be like, Luke, hey, listen, bro, because he's doing the Academy thing right then? Um, you know, I mean, like, that, that's a thing he's does doing. Asaka even, does Luke even know who Asaka is? If it's Anakin, I mean, because he didn't know his own dad. Well, Ooh, I, mean, I don't Obi, know. Obi, does Obi tell him anything about Asaka Tana? I don't know. Obi's gone, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know, man. So, so what mean, do you do? What, where does she go? Man, so maybe... Maybe this is another. Maybe we get a new branch of Jedi. I mean, maybe there there are other branches in there. So like um, where like he, he was, was part the last of the Jedi kind of idea though. Say you that know, again. Uh, Luke was like the last Jedi before no, he started raising him. Yeah. Again. Well, and then you have Rey, and then yeah. you have the Force Awakening, and others. Yeah. Well, before that though, he had uh, um, Solo. He had been. Right. No, I understand that, but. Yeah. 
at that point, the last Jedi, whenever Ben Solo kills everybody else that's in the yeah. Academy. Hashtag dead. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's uh, interesting to see where they go from here. But I, I love the fact that Osaka is going to get a shot at redemption here. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe this is the way you know the ancient way mm-hmm. maybe Tano is gonna take the Jedi back to the ancient way the Knights of the Old Republic kind of feel kind of thing like 2,000 years ago right yeah Could it's an interesting, interesting yeah and that that's such a, a a unique idea though is like um, assuming they go break canon hard and, and pull in a whole new order of Jedi, mm-hmm. that's hard to believe, though. I don't know if they're going to go break it that hard. I think that they'll break uh, the assumed canon, um, and if they do, that'll be the next set of Star Wars movies. Um, it'll be whatever this next you know Jedi group they pull. If it's not Luke, that's your next Star Wars movies. Well, so here's kind of my thing with the new... So a 7, 8, and 9... Mm-hmm. I don't remember in the original 4, 5, and 6, mm-hmm. or in 1, 2, and 3, where a s- clone or a trooper mm-hmm. was awakened by the Force. True, other than... Um, what's his face? Um, Talking about Rex? Rex. From Attack of the Clone... Or from the Clone Wars... Rex is Rex. one of Rex is like Skywalker's uh Anakin's right hand guy. Mm. But he had the chip in and so when Order sixty six was given, yeah, she went still, in and yeah. she went in and took out his chip. Yeah. So that's why he was good. It wasn't because the Force Awakened. Uh, maybe. You know, I was also thinking about uh, what's his face from uh, Force Awakens, uh the black guy, what's his name? Well no, that's what I'm saying. So whenever Finn mm, Finn. When Finn awakens but and then Finn wasn't force sensitive i don't think i'm trying to think i I don't think he was force sensitive he might have been but it wasn't apparent no no no. i understand that um but what i'm saying is that the uh there's another lady Mm -hmm. in episode nine that was also a trooper Hmm. who's being woken up okay and so what i'm seeing with that is it's kind of like whenever God went from the chosen people of a race, mm-hmm. the Israelites, yeah, right. to now opening it up to all races. Right. And so I'm wondering if we're going to get a, you know, instead of a nation of Israelites, if we're going to get, mm-hmm. you know, just a smattering of everything maybe i mean that's how the jedis were for quite some time though is like they had all all well they were all human races but they weren't a part of the clone right 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 yeah so So, i I I don't know yeah it's an interesting idea i don't know um i just if they if they bring in a different jedi order i think it'll be a really interesting pull um i mean who knows i mean maybe asaka has started the next jedi set because, um, I mean, she doesn't know Luke's doing his thing out in the middle of nowhere probably at this point. Or if she does, um, you know, that we have no information on that. Maybe on this planet she's doing a new doctrine, you know, breaking from the old. And, well, and, and that's what I'm saying. You know, she's kind of like the old gunfighter. Yeah. That, so... She saw the injustices in the world. and Well, I mean, so to me, this is kind of like the Unforgiven arc. Mm-hmm. So you have this fighter of lore yeah and she knows the way of the wizards Mm -hmm. 
It's kind of like the guy that's portrayed by, um, oh, help me out, the Western Unforgiven mm-hmm. main uh, character. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but yeah. <laughs> you're not talking about uh, um, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Okay, yes, I thought I you were talking about the character name. I was like, I don't remember his uh, name. It's Mickey something. Mickey something. Yeah, but it's Clint but, Eastwood, yeah. So Clint Eastwood's character mm-hmm. gets propositioned by a young kid trying to make his name and they already kind of did that with mm-hmm. one of the episodes in the previous season where yeah. you had the asian bounty hunter mm-hmm. and the kid and they went after him and he ended up shooting the kid blah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um back on tatooine so i mean it's kind of got that feel to it but i think that um like you said osaka is going to be a recurring role Mm-hmm. here and it's going to be very much i think you're going to have a showdown probably season three with mauv gideon and bo katan mm. for the dark saber you don't think it'll be the end of the season i do not i, I, I was thinking that might be the top arc the other thing i was thinking about though um, i think they got more to build the question i i think i was talking to vaughn about this one um you know, uh, the actual, uh, you know, Mando versus, uh, Bo-Katan, um, there's that, like, feeling I have that, like, maybe they end up, you know, he ends up, you know, wielding the Darksaber at some point, um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Mando... Well, you know, whether he gives it back to Bo-Kanan or a question or not, it's a great question, because Moff is actually still after him. So if he runs into Moff again, does he get the Darksaber from him? That's a really interesting point that I was thinking about with, with uh, Vaughn. I um, could definitely see him becoming the... Kind of like the sword in the stone. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but go, if he gets go it... Go from being Wart to being King Arthur. He doesn't actually know the lineage thing of having this dark saber he doesn't know everything that goes with it so would he be willing just to be all like oh yeah here you go i don't know it's a good question i i think he's gonna be the reluctant mm-hmm. leader um, oh you think he's actually gonna be but fully i think in charge? i think he's going to be groomed Oof. Yeah, very See, much so i expect him to take it and then um you know bogotan be all like mm, give it up she calls him brother mm-hmm. um i think she sees more in him than he does himself and i also believe that she probably knows more about him than he does i agree with that and so we don't know his lineage we right. don't know where he's from mm-hmm. we don't know what planet he's from yeah we he's just, the orphan child yeah he's just the child mm-hmm. which is interesting and now he's the child of the watch and right. so he's being called the child again mm-hmm and it says Eris, and some people thought it could be Lady Frog. Some people, you know, obviously yeah, believe that it's Bo-Katan. Yeah. But I don't know. She said put a Mandalore back on the throne. Mm. She didn't necessarily say it Me. would be her. Interesting. That's a good read. I, I know she said it just like that, but I didn't even think about it. Now, not she, wants, she wants the Darksaber because moff shouldn't have it but i think it's more because she wants to make a king Mm. i kind of see her being the king maker interesting the one that leads the new Mm -hmm. because it's got to be somebody different because it didn't work the old way Mm -hmm. so this is the new. so you think she lost her (laughs) right to have it so she's she's passing it to somebody else but not she's got to get it back from moff 
It is on her honor to retrieve it and restore the authority that goes within that position. Mm. Interesting. I don't know that she has the heart to do it again. Interesting. I like the idea, um, you know, because when I was thinking about it, I don't think that, uh, you know, he has that drive to want to rule a kingdom. I think um, that's why he should, though. Yeah, well, no, absolutely. And that's what I was going to say is that, uh, you know, the people, I, I talk about this with, you know, police all the time. The people that want to be police officers shouldn't be police officers. Exactly. Um, same kind of thing with this is like the people who don't want the power is the people who should. Well, and like, it's like who should be a teacher? And I always say, if you can do something other than teach, you should do that. Do it. Yeah. If you can't do anything but teach, get after it and do it the best you can. Right. And and I think you and I have that same, uh, and I don't want to call it a flaw, but it's a flaw, um, where when we see somebody doing something that they could improve upon, we have this thing about being all like, hey, by the way, like here's what you can do to improve that. Um, and it's it's subconscious. It's not a, uh, like, I know better than you. It's just like, I see opportunity and I want you to be better. Well, whenever you are mm-hmm. a learner mm-hmm. that is aware you live your life looking for opportunities for improvement mm-hmm. and for refinement. Right. And so whenever you're constantly doing that, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's your life or those lives around you. Right. You're constantly looking for opportunities to improve these areas mm-hmm. because you understand that the people you do life with, the better their lives are, the better your life is. Absolutely. And yeah. it's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, it's a community. And so, yeah, surprise. And so the burden that comes along with that is that we have to teach mm-hmm. even though you're not a teacher you are very much a teacher yeah yeah and and it's subconscious though it's not like i'm trying to do it and that's why like that that makes it an interesting thing is like it's like i'm this is how this I is think. what i do yeah this is how i think it's just exactly yeah um and i think that's i don't know if mando has that though and that's the interesting part um, is that, you know, I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good ruler. I think he'd be a just ruler. I think that he would be a fair ruler. Well, and I think that's part of the character development that we're going to continue to see. I think this year he's showing his heart for justice mm-hmm. and for living above mm-hmm. the standard of what he used to accept even from himself. So the question is, does he remove his mask at some point? Does he yes. take the helmet off? Yeah. Yes. He gives up the way. Oh, that'll be ballsy. I think he does. He has to. Yeah? Because you can't you can't be that judicious where you have no room for grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. Like the law cannot be the law without interpretation. Right. Because the law without interpretation is cold mm-hmm. and it is harsh. And sometimes, even though the punishment is just, it doesn't make it right. Or yeah. for the betterment of society. Right, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, there needs to be that room for compassion mm-hmm. and rehabilitation and intuition. And so with that, you have to have a human touch to it. And mm-hmm. I think that, and this is kind of my case for Jesus versus the law. Without mm-hmm. Jesus, there is no grace and mercy. It's just cold, hard facts. True. <laughs> yeah. And you're all dead. <laughs> no, so that's how it works. Yeah, that's how it works. It sucks for you. Yeah, you're <laughs> not God. You can't you can't live perfect lives. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, so I, I kind of see that we're going to get more of that. Yeah. And I think he's going to have the support team around him. For sure. To rule. 
so, where it's not just on him, where right. it is on that group, if that so makes sense. So let's work towards rap here. Um, yeah. So compared to just the season as a whole, where do you put this episode? I mean, Best episode. Oh, over one? Over one. Oof. Um, Oof. The reason being not so much the action, mm-hmm. but the... Lore tie-ins? The launch... The, the trajectory from where we were at episode one mm-hmm. to where we are now at episode three mm-hmm. is drastically like they have opened up so many doors yeah for sure and it's now even like it's not just the dark saber it's the dark saber because she called it by name yeah they now know that we know <laughs> yes right what's going on uh-huh. and so I can't wait to see what Filoni does with this. Man. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. So what's your rating out of 10? Uh, it's a 9.5 for me. Yeah, if that CGI part wasn't there. <laughs> if, if the knife doesn't miss, if mm-hmm. the knife doesn't miss, it's, it's probably a 9.7. Yeah, heard that. So uh, we forgot about the uh, the last part whenever they uh, get back in the ship and it's all tied together with rope. Um, and that one little slinky uh, starfish comes down at Baby Yoda. Looking mm-hmm. like a red lobster. Mm-hmm. And he's just like <laughs> backhand grab. I was like, yeah, saw and that. And then he cooed. Yeah, he's like, and, yeah. then, and then he slurped it. <laughs> yeah, right? <And> Baby Yoda hungry. <laughs> so here's something interesting, yeah. too, that I uh, heard. So Yoda's 50. Mm-hmm. Ish, yeah. Do you think he is stronger cognitive than he is vocally capable to communicate? Hmm. Like, I understand I that he's say, a toddler, but like tomorrow, is he going to wake up and be a full-grown, right? Young, no, young no. Adult? I think that uh, cognitively speaking, you know, the reason that Yoda is so wise and he's always considered to be wise is that the cognizant is there, whether the body responds or not. Right. Um, think of it like a reverse Stephen Hawking. Sure. Um, you know, is that he has the uh, wisdom, whether or not he has the uh, the physical piece to go with it. Sure. Um, and I think that's the same thing. I think he has um, understanding of 50 years or at least, you know, let's call it 40 years or whatever. Right. He's lived 40 years of life already and he understands things. Um, I don't think he's probably had the uh, opportunity to, um, you know, fully explore the world and all of that. But he's able to learn and process things and, and see the big pictures. And um, I think he's still very empathic as well. Like whenever he lifts that uh, giant rhinohorn thing, um, you know, he knew that that was a problem and he had to do something about it. And that's how he pulled the force out and all that. So there's a lot of things like that. Um, so I, I think that he's probably extremely empathic. I think he understands good from bad. Um, I think he understands like big picture stuff. Um, but I don't think he's um, within the point where he can well control anything about himself. You know? Do you think by the end of the season he's going to go from toddler to eight-year-old? Mm, I mean, I would put him at probably like a five- or six-year-old without the words right now is where I'd put him at. I'd probably call him like a six-year-old without words. Okay. Um, is kind of how I see him. Okay. Um, you know, so still very... Uh, um, but I mean, he was using the spoon like a big boy. I know, right? He's so, really? he's so cute. Um, so I gotta say, he I mean, eat, he didn't eat the little frog. 
member. Right, he was he was petting it. He yeah, was, yeah. Um, I gotta give the episode probably a solid eight seven five to nine. Um, Just give it a nine. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it right up in that range. Um, and the reason I say that, like, there were a couple things that stood out to me that I think that the episode could have improved on. Sure. Um, you know, like. Um, not you know, not just the CGI thing, but you know, Mando still being a little bit gullible, I think, was a little bit too much. Um, you know, I think that if they would have mutinied him a little bit harder, um, sure he may have caught on a little easier, or whatever. But I think he still should have been like ready for that trap. Um, and you you don't get on a boat full of pirates without expecting a trap. You know, and like there's certain things like that where I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I expect a little bit more out of the guy. Sure. Um, you know, and that's kind of the way I've always been with him is like, dude, I need a little bit more out of your cognizant ability here. Um, and then I also um, really do think the uh, the cop out of the the quick little you know uh, gel cap or electro cap or whatever. Right. I think that could have been improved on that that little bit um, because if he was going to really you know make that happen that quickly he had the opportunity to do that anytime i'm surprised he did it so quickly to save his ass um after he was you know hell-bent on wrecking the ship um he didn't try to fight back or wreck the ship or anything you know so there was that like he did get up out of the seat real quick yeah and i was like uh, if you're hell-bent on crashing this bitch and then you just automatically kill yourself um clearly you weren't that dedicated but you are kind of a little bitch uh, and that doesn't it it the lineup again i'm kind of like there's a lot of little things in there where i'm like I would have expected a little bit something better out of that scene. Um, so I think nine is a solid point, though. I think there's so many doors that got opened. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want to see Boba Fett come back or do something with the armor. Or I, there's like a lot of things that I don't want to have at the end of the season. Fifty open doors with no resolutions. No, I understand you know, that. And that's, I, yeah. I, think, I think you're going to have to wait on Boba. Absolutely. Um, but that's where I think... <laughs> Until season three. Yeah, I think there's so many open doors right now. I love it. Um, it's definitely... Um, you know, I always talk about Game of Thrones in the early seasons, about there's so many different avenues of things that could happen. Right. Um, and, like, for anybody that's a Game of Thrones fan, like, the first four seasons, hands down, are the best first four seasons of any show I know of. Um, you know, Pretty be, spectacular. Yeah, and then five, six, seven are just... Um, you know, and, like, that's the same kind of feeling that I have for this one. I think this is leading to be an extremely good, you know, opening series here. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to see them, you know, crown fucking Bran at the end of the season. Like, if they do that shit, I'm out. You know, <laughs> like, come on, brah. Um, that's how I view that. But it had to be him. Who has a better story? Fucking everybody. <laughs> like, What? Um, yeah, sorry, I'm still bitter about that. Like, that's the worst. Um, so I don't want to see them do that. It, I just want to make sure that they tie it up well. Um, right. And as, as long as they keep this streak going, I'm happy. But, yeah, I, I give this a solid nine, I think, for sure. So the real question is, does this put it back on track to take over Ooh, Firefly? Firefly? Since you were so adamant last week about um, how much it tanked. I mean... Go ahead if I take the, if I take the three sets as a whole, these three episodes for the season, um, definitely Firefly still wins, right? Because I don't think there's anywhere near a filler episode like what we had in episode two. So if I take it as a season, Firefly still wins. Um, if I take it for uh, like for this episode versus like a major Firefly episode, I would probably rank this one over the top of most of them. Um, okay. You know, so I as an episode. 
absolutely on track to be the best you know that you can do um as a season Season still leaves a little bit yeah and not because it's not done but because like that episode two was such a trash episode to me um is like it really sank it and and you don't have anywhere near that much trash in, in in firefly okay so at least my opinion i don't know well you only got 13 episodes uh ish and then and a movie. <laughs> Wasn't a lot of room. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, how many episodes do we have right now? 11? Yeah, literally yeah. chapter 11. Yeah, so I mean, they got two more episodes to live up to Firefly at this point. Do you think they have? Uh, whenever you take the other... Season one the, the, and everything? The three trilogies, the animated series. No, I'm talking about this. just Mandalorian. No, I understand what you're saying. I'm just talking about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I get it. Um it to me firefly was epic mm-hmm. but the fact that we're getting a star wars western mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. it's better i feel you you know i almost picked up that uh spaghetti western beer the other day i was at the liquor oh, store really? in scott's and they have spaghetti western it's by a prairie it's a prairie and somebody else no way i was like i should totally get that i wonder if it's like a stella uh no or a peroni no no it's uh it's uh stout of some kind oh okay yeah but still it's like kind of should get that <laughs> that'd be sweet it's like nine dollars a 12 12 ounce bottle though it's like mm, i'm good that's a bit pricey yeah it's a bit overkill so yeah so um as far as episodes go i'd say this is probably in the top four yeah hands down um out of season one season two uh, love the fact that we got to see Moff Gideon again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just for a dude, second. That dude is cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. And I, I, to go back to what you talked about with the officer, about how quick he got out of the chair, I don't know that everybody is as ruthless as Gideon. No, for and sure. And so he didn't really want to die, but it was one of those, listen, I know that you wouldn't kill me, but he's gonna, and if he gets his hands on me, it's gonna be worse than this, so peace. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you might be right on that one, yeah. So that's kind of my take on that. Um, the fact that he wasted his other two officers without blinking an eye was kind of crazy. Right, but, like, if if you're killing yourself, if I'm going to kill myself because you're going to kill me, you know what I'm going to do first? I'm going to roll over like a motherfucker on you. I'll tell you that straight up. I hear you. Like, there's no question. You know, like, there, that, like if I'm going to have to kill myself because you're yeah, going to kill me. Yeah, I'm going to spill my guts. No, it's not even that, like, I'm getting my revenge by calling you out. No, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're going to tell them every piece of information that you have on Moff Gideon. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the issue I have with that part. Like, I'm like, yeah. uh, mm. Snitches no. get stitches. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, okay, well, that, that was, was a waste a of death. Yeah. And so uh, episode leaves off with Mando, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, Baby Yoda got a boat snack. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Moana. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you in my belly. Boat snack. <laughs> <laughs> and so, they do they, they look like something off of I mean literally whenever the ship was pulling out of port I was like are we on the flying Dutchman very much so I was right looking, I was looking very for, much so I was looking for Will's dad I was like where is he <laughs> where's old Billy Bones Billy Bones or what was his name um no it was uh bootstrap 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 Bill, Bill. yeah yeah Bill Turner that's what it was Bill Turner 
Right, exactly. Um, all right, so let's wrap this up. Um, where where do you uh, where do you want next episode episode four? Where where do you want it to be? Uh, we will be on Corvus, mm. and we will be either walking into or getting ready to meet Sokatana. You don't think he's going to go back and get his ship fixed from uh, dude from season one? Dude from season one. Uh, the mechanic guy that, you know, rebuilt the droid. What's his name? The one that's dead? Oh, yeah, you're right. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm sitting here I'm thinking. Like Krill? Krill. There you go. <laughs> the one that's um, dead. Krill. Krill. Yeah. Was. Yeah. Um, no, like, you're right. I, yeah, no, he's dead. I was dead, thinking bro. about, I was like, he's got to get his ship fixed, so where is he going to go? Well, but I mean, he could, right. go ba- he could go back to the mechanic on Tatooine. Yeah. Her. Uh, he could pick her up. Uh, he could talk to Frog Lady. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, she seemed like she had some skill. He, he's on one mission, and mm-hmm. he's. I think he's heading straight there. I think he'll arrive, end up running into some kind of... Mm, filler episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, ruckus. Yeah, yeah. Come into some kind of... And it'll be very... I'm almost ready for a Blazing Saddles episode, mm, like a funny one. So epic, bro! If we just had like some funny slapstick, I think right? that'd be great. I don't know who the next director is for s- four. Could you imagine though if they but, had some species who everybody hated, and there was a bunch of jokes that were about that species, and it was very much Blazing Saddles? That'd be hilarious, um, good dude. I would die. It would be so great that if they just so did. Funny. If they did that, that would be fucking on epic. Disney. I don't. I don't know if they would though. Well, they don't necessarily have to make it like like racist, no, racist, yeah, but no, like you know, it. yeah. yeah, it'd be so funny. It'd be pretty funny. Um, and then have you know some some big old dude ride in on an ox, and you'd be like. Bro, literally, Mongo. I'm seriously, if they get a Mongo <laughs> character on here, I'm going to flip my Listen, shit. Listen, man, if, you know, the greatest thing about Blazing Saddles, I think you told me this, is that's the first time on-screen farting happened. Literal. Um, yeah, so like, yeah. so if they do that, <laughs> like, well, so I good, think, dude. I think Baby Yoda farted in the last episode. Did he? In episode two. Oh, I have to go back I and think look. so. I'm going to have to go back and check yeah, it out. Yeah. But I don't know that you should watch it again. Yeah, right? Fuck me. I watched it <laughs> twice and that's enough. Um, you so read, closing What it they out. need to do is they need to have the final line of, excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> excuse me while I whip this out. Right? Or, uh, the sheriff is near. <laughs> <laughs> then Schnitzengruppen will wipe you out. Right? No, baby. What was it? Two is my or three is my limit or whatever it was. Yeah, so good. I fucking love that movie. Um, So yeah, so let's wrap it up. Uh, We'll talk again uh, here in a couple days and see what happens. Yep, Uh, episode four comes out Friday, so we'll see you sometime next week. Bye, guys. Peace.